Tony, no. All right, all right. Is everyone here? Ants. Yes, sir. Roaches. Yeah, what of it? Rodents. Let's get this cheese. All right, come on, everyone. Settle down, settle down, please. Look, we all know why we're here. We'll be eating like queens when we're through with this. That pantry's finally ours. Nobody can stop us now. No, no, there's no way. It can't be. It's, it's Old Colony. Old Colony Pest Control, veteran-owned Massachusetts, Rhode Island-based operation with everything you could dream of for your pest needs. Equipped with top-of-the-line gear to guarantee your home is protected and staying healthy. Phone number is 774-400-5993. Give them a call for the backup you need. Tell them that General Red Revere sent you. They handle anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time. Hey, hey, watch it, buddy. We're marching. We're marching. Phenom Radio is the home of the hottest indie music. Tune into the Phenom Radio Top 20 Countdown, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. The razor sharp, Pupsu. Wave your paws, Pupsu. When the sun... job, a better home, a better life. Who hasn't wished for these things, worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real? For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity, to today's multicultural population, that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable. Communities closer. Where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small. And the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root, businesses grow, communities thrive, new beginnings unfold, and the promise of a better life is kept. Brockton, Massachusetts, where better begins. Think you flexing with a hundred bucks? 
talk to you for a second. This is Motion with Randy. Oh, uh, yeah, you see me. Bring it, come get me. Ass fat, the waist on slimming. Quisiera estar contigo y recordar de nuevo Todo lo que hicimos Cuánto nos queremos I came to do the damn thing Cause I do the damn thing So I guess the damn thing is getting done I ain't popping champagne This ain't a campaign I ain't running no actually You should run No comparing Clearly you can't hang Such a damn shame Man, man, you ain't never won Life ain't a fair game I'm just an airplane Flying through Maybe you should see If you can get you one Lesson from my neighborhood. Shootouts can be very dangerous. So when you're walking down the street and find yourself in the middle of one, don't run. Instead, duck, dodge, and roll. If you hear gunshots and you don't want to die, gotta duck, dodge, and roll. Yeah. You'll have a better chance of staying alive if you duck, dodge, and roll. Okay. Don't be like Bobby, who lost his head. He ran around in circles and now he's dead. If you want to stay alive, do this instead. Duck, dodge, and roll. <laughs> if you hear a hail of bullets from a semi-automatic, gotta duck, dodge, and roll. Remember as you run away to keep your moves erratic, gotta duck, dodge, and roll. See how that worked? There's just one thing to do when you gotta get away Keep bobbing and a-weaving, there's no need to be afraid Cause this is not a drill and you're not an kid. Just remember, duck, dodge, and roll Duck, dodge, and roll Duck, dodge, and roll Representing Greenlight Music Group. You're now listening to the booth on Hoobazoo.com. Get with it with my homie Sinister. Get green. Just because you're not playing does not mean you're not a player. Scott McGusky! Scott McGusky. Hey, you got any honeys you like it? Lisa, she's pretty fly. What? Same name as my girl. Give me the ball, Jimmy.
sigue Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is the proof. Right, your boys, this one broadcasting live for the city of champions. You are watching the booth. It is March 14th, 2023, and I know everybody's pissed off. We had November, we had December, we had January, we had February here in the Northeast, and we had absolutely no snow. We had a measly tenth of an inch of snow in all those months. Then February 2nd happens, a Tuxney Phil goes out, six more weeks of winter, and here we are, March 14th, we got a major nor'easter hitting us right now, some areas are going to see in the upwards of 10 inches of snow in the month of March, we just did spring ahead, so I know a lot of y'all are pissed off right now, and rightfully so, um, before I kick off the show and you see my guest already up there in the window, um, a big thanks to my guests from last week. First Tuesdays, Kenneth Dizanoff, Robert Resnick. Thanks for coming on, guys. We broke down a lot of politics. We broke down a lot of legal stuff. Talked a little bit of sports. But this week, before I get into my sponsors, as you guys can see, my man up here. Let him know, man, Jason Boothalum. This is a guy we never really put a face to the voice. You've been on the show three times many, many years ago. Um, you actually came to me through a, um, a talent agent out in California. That's somebody, I, 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 I'm not sure if it was Scott Sedita or somebody else. It was somebody that put us in touch with you. You had this music that you was working on. That's how we first kind of hooked up with my man, Jason. Introduce yourself before I get into my sponsors, man. Yeah, my name is Jason Hemmons. I'm a multi-instrumentalist, vocalist, um, I, I do original music. It's a combination of funk, R&B, and jazz, pop music, just kind of all melted into one. Um, I've been based in California for the last couple of decades now. I was actually born in Boston, but I grew up in Maine, and then I studied music at the University of New Orleans. And uh, I also do martial arts. Um, yeah, and it's good to be back. It's good to be back on the show. And it's great to have you because, like I said, you know, when you were on the show, we were at WXBR AM. You know, we had you on several times. So nobody was ever able to put the face 
with the voice. But let me get into my sponsors because I got something I got to tell you because something did come up many, many years ago when I when I first really thought about you and where have you been. Um, Michael Douglas, Barreto, MDB Electronics. If you have controllers that need to be fixed, send them out to him. 24, 48 hours, you're back to gaming. Also available now, Vianna Marie, it's personal. This album's available everywhere. It's on fire. I got to give a big shout out to Phenom, Hot Radio 100. Um, last night, her song hit their website. They were playing the record live on their Spotify list. She placed top two in one of her playlists for Artists of the Week. And on another one of their playlists, she placed in the top five out of 100. So big shout out to Phenom Radio. You saw their banner before the show, and we're going to give them some love again at the end of the show. Also, Tactical Target Systems, when I go to the range, those zombie targets you see, that's where you get them from, tacticaltargetsystems.com. Also, those who support the show, you have a chance to win an I Love Boston Sports t-shirt, as you can see the people there supporting those. And Vianna Marie just did a photo shoot with Kimberly Ann, Women's Empowerment Photography, uh, this is a woman who lets women take photos that they think they would never, ever, ever take in their lives. Uh, she makes you feel comfortable. The setting's great. And as you can see right there, my artist, Viana Marie, is right there. Kimberly Ann Emp uh, Empowerment, Women Empowerment Photography. Reach out to her. I think a session's like around three fifty. I, I got. I, I don't. I don't know offhand, but check her out. She's on Facebook. She's everywhere. She's on Instagram. And before we get into the news booth, I got my man Jason up here in the corner. And the funny thing is, Jason, when I thought about you and I hadn't had you on a while was when Bruno Mars hit the scene. And I'm like, damn, does Jason know that Bruno stole his whole look? My man, look, the first thing I thought of when I first saw Bruno Mars was Jason Hemmings. I was like, holy Christ, man. And I'm wondering if you guys ever crossed paths or if you had ever had the luck to either meet this guy. So because you could be like his <laughs> twin, for Christ's sake. It's crazy. No, abs absolutely. You know, I definitely got um a lot of the uh, a lot of comparisons. You know, when he first came on the scene, our, our look and stuff, and even you know some of our music. But um, to me, he was definitely a, a breath of fresh air. You know, his um utilization of of live instruments and you know his showmanship was was something I th thought was was missing from pop music for a minute. So is um it was a breath of fresh air for sure. He brought that whole 70s, 80s feel back to music. He he made music fun again. And um, I, I know, you know, everything I feel like he touches, he puts a hit on it. And I remember when I heard their last project, him and Silk Sonic got together. And um, when I, I remember when I first heard Smoking Out the Window. The first day I heard that, I said, that's a Grammy. <laughs> this, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> How do you yeah. feel when you hear a song like that or or how do you feel when you're in the cuz sometimes there's songs I feel like if you're in the studio you just know a song like that you you just know I mean how do you feel when you first hear a song like that as a musician We we know um the, the musicality is is really what touches me just like the the intricacy of of the instruments but also like a great melody that's catchy and fun 
and and you know definitely that that song in particular has all those elements you know um but i will say like a lot of what makes a hit is is the marketing behind it you can have a great song but if you don't have the proper marketing behind it you know it won't reach those heights you know mm -hmm. um but uh but musically speaking like that song like first heard it i could tell it had all the elements of a hit you know but but you need the marketing to to really achieve that right right and as you guys know jason when jason came on this show he was actually a vocalist he was recording us he was doing songs but now re most recently jason actually has this stint that he does he's now really got into playing the saxophone and it looks like you've got yourself a nice little residency right you're, you're playing weekly out there out west Yeah, I have a Sunday residency at this place called the San Antonio Winery in Los Angeles. And um, so, yeah, I play my saxophone there every Sunday. And it's it's been a great place for me to to uh, make new fans and really just, um, you know, keep my chops going and also like um, play new music and stuff and see how people react to that. You know, I've been working on a, a saxophone album and some of the songs that are going on the album, I've kind of been testing at this residency just to see how people respond to it and stuff. So it's been really a, a cool blessing to have, you know, but um, I've I've uh, been a saxophonist for many years and a lot of my fans have really wanted like a saxophone oriented project, you know. And so uh, it was finally time for me to do that. So this new project I'm working on, it's all instrumental. You know, it's all saxophone-based music. And so, um, you know, I'm really uh, – it's something I've wanted to do for a while, but also it's something that, you know, my fans have wanted me from me for a while. And so I'm finally getting to do it. And, um, you know, I've been working with this producer, and we, we started this project – really as the pandemic happened and we kind of worked all through through co the covid pandemic and um yeah so over two years now we've been working on these songs and and um just producing and, and we're actually you know we've kind of narrowed it down to eight songs that are going on the album and we're just fleshing everything out but we're hoping to have you know something um for release like uh, later this year whether it be a single or the the whole project finished in its entirety. Mm, nice. Now, if we were to go to this winery and, and see a Jason Hammond show, what do we get? Is is it just a is it a laid back kind of show and you just sip your wine, or is this is it a fun filled show? You know, is it something that you know you get everybody kind of involved? What what would we see if we go out there? Yeah, so for this particular residency at the the San Antonio Winery, it's it's uh, more of a chill vibe. You know, everyone's sipping their wine, and they also uh, there's a restaurant, so people are eating and stuff. So it's very chill, very relaxed. But um, people do uh, get into it as well. You know, every once in a while, people will get up and dance or um, you know clap along and stuff. But for the most part, it's just kind of like a chill. Uh, you know just kind of mellow vibe for this particular residency. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Now we, we talked off air, but I gotta get, I gotta get talk about this is because, you know, I I've been following you on Instagram. I see a lot of this stuff and you're very, you're very out there now with this, with the martial arts. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, he's 
saxophone now, but then I seen you doing this martial arts thing, and then off air you tell me you actually have opened the school and you've actually been involved with martial arts for a long time, but you've decided to take this. So tell us about your school because I like people to know about your school and what you got going on, and then how you translate and bring in your martial arts to make you a better artist and a better performer. Absolutely. So this the name of this martial art that I that I teach and, and study is called Kuk Sulwan. It's the, actually the national martial art of Korea, and it's a system um, of martial art rather than a style. Like if you look at uh, Taekwondo, for example, that's a style of martial art that's mostly based around kicking and stuff. Whereas Kuk Sulwan, what we do, it kind of combines a lot of different styles into one system. So we have joint locks you know we have throws we have grappling we have weapons we have meditation it's really like more of a lifestyle than it is just like um you know a, a sport and so um yeah i've been i've been studying this martial art on and off for over 20 years now and um about a little over three years ago i actually opened a a, a school with my family and uh, the school is doing really good. We got a couple hundred students now, and um, it you know I really feel like we're we're helping to change the community. One thing we really emphasize in the martial art is etiquette, respect, um, discipline. You know, so it, it kind of instills those um, those qualities in in our practitioners. A lot of them are, are young kids an opportunity to, uh, you know, be challenged in this way. So we're, we're really excited about it, the way we can kind of see it's transforming people's lives and the community as a whole. Nice, nice. And like I said, you're bringing this, you bring this martial arts into your music and you said it helps you, um, it kind of stabilizes you. It helps you on stage and it helps you prepare. It helps you, it helps keep you focused. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it helps with your focus, your, your discipline, you know, your overall like health, your, your flexibility, you know, just your, your mental strength. Um, and it gives you a, a foundation of, of a, a physical discipline to, to practice that that's something that you can do for the, the rest of your life. You know, it's really for all ages. And so, um, you know, I encourage everyone to, to check it out. You know, there, there's schools all over the world, um, mm -hmm. with this, uh, Kuk Suwan, um, martial art. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely, uh, would suggest people check it out. And it's something that, you know, you can do as, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, we, our youngest students are around three to four years old and, oh, okay. you know, we have students, uh, as well. So, um, and everyone in between. So it, it's really something that everyone can practice and, and improve themselves from. Nice. And, and then, you know, I've seen you, you've been doing, you've, you've been able to do some car shows and, to, and stuff as being a musician. Was it Lamborghini or Ferrari? It was some, what car was it that you actually did the debut of? And I was, I was super envious of you. Cause I'm like, damn, you got lucky. I, was it Lamborghini? <laughs> It was a DeLorean. Oh, yes. It was DeLorean, yes. you know, so. Um, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They, 
they had all these futuristic cars that they were unveiling. It was during a car week. Um, so yeah, there was all these other cars, but the, you know, I performed for De uh, DeLorean and, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had the back to the future classic car. We got to see that. And then they had some fu futuristic electric cars and stuff that were just pretty mind blowing. So it was, uh, it was definitely cool to be a part of that. I, I saw that. I was like, yep, it was the DeLorean. Cause I was like, Oh shoot. They bring the DeLorean back. And I was like, Oh my God. I was so envious. I'm like, man. And I was like, I got it. I said, I haven't had this guy in the show. I got to get him on the show for a minute. Hey, I got a lot of people in the chat. Uh, actually I got some performers in the chat. Uh, members of BBM are in the chat. China Courtney. She's in the chat. What's going on guys. I'm chatting with recording artist Jason Hemmons. Uh, actually my artist, Deanna Marie's in the chat. DJ Boom's in the chat. Felicia, what's going on? I see you guys in the chat. Um, these guys are here. They're working hard in the Boston area. BBM, Bad Bitch Mob, holding it down. Deanna Marie. Um, Jason, just give them, give, give them some uh, plugs. Uh, tell, them some, tell them some stuff as an artist. Uh, if you guys need a saxophonist, let them know your social media, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I've I've done quite a bit of uh, session work for people who need a um, a saxophone on their records. You know, I I write. Um, I have a home studio, so if you need some saxophone on your tracks, definitely hit me up. And I I play uh, a few other instruments too. I play keyboards and um, some guitar and harmonica. So um, you know, I utilize all those instruments for recordings. So if you need me, you can uh, reach me at uh, Jason Hemmons and j-a-s-o-n-h-e-m-m-e-n-s on instagram or twitter or facebook and uh you can reach out to me there and i'd be happy to uh to collaborate with with all of you now i know viana's been trying to definitely link up with the guitarist but she's always wanted to perform with a live band now when you do your show um at this residency is it just you with a saxophone or do you have a backing band? Who do you, what do you have? Do you have a keyboard that's drumming and all that? Or what do you have for a backing band? Yeah. So for this particular show, it's just me and I, I play to tracks. So it's just me playing to tracks. Um, oh, okay. So it sounds like a live band, but it's just me with some backing tracks. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been a good uh, low stress way for me to just, um, you know, perform by myself and uh, have a residency. You know, I love performing with a band as well. But for this particular gig, it's it's just me and uh, some backing tracks. Oh, we got to we got to get out there. And the fact that you just, you know, you go, you can have some food, you sip your wine, you know, you're out there in San Antonio. Man, it sounds like a good little vibe, you know, and it's relaxed is not that hustle and bustle like we have up here in the northeast you know where it never stops you know you can have a residency up here but it's like you never like the bellows and them they got their residencies up here and it's they never stop dj boom he's doing his open mic night on friday night down in fall river and it you know up here everybody's fast paced we don't slow down we don't we don't sip the wine we we guzzle it <laughs> so it would be nice to come out there and um be able to just sit down, have a nice meal, <laughs> and um, sip on some wine, and just listen to you play the saxophone. I mean, it's um, it, it it'd be great. It would definitely be great to come out there and check you out, and uh, would love to see you come out here too. I know you were trying to get out here a way back, and I don't think it ever happened. But 
I forget something trying to try to see if you were coming out here, but if you're ever out this way, please, please, please let me know. Let me know. Absolutely. I would, I would love to, you know, um, I haven't done any shows on the East coast in, in a minute, you know, but you know, my parents still live in Maine. So, and I have family in Boston. And so, um, I would love to come up there and, and perform and just, uh, hang out, you know, and that's definitely something I intend to do. Once I finish the saxophone record, I'm going to be doing some touring and stuff. And, you know, um, New England is definitely on the map for that. So I, I will be there at some point once this record's finished. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd love to see something different. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to let you again. Tell everybody your social media and how they can get in touch with you and how they can follow you. Please let them know before we get you out of here. Yes, you can follow me at Jason Hemmins, J-A-S-O-N-H-E-M-M-E-N-S on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that's really the best way to reach me right now. You can hear some of my music on, on Spotify. It's also on iTunes and, you know, every other digital outlet. So you can check my music out there. And I have a uh, new music on the way. I'm really excited about the saxophone record. I think it's going to reach a lot of um, different people who, would, who wouldn't normally listen to saxophone music. Um, the producer I'm working with is primarily a hip hop producer. And so it has a lot of oh. elements of hip hop in there kind of oh, um, okay. combined with with uh with some jazz flavor to it so it hits hard too you know like this this album is is really gonna reach a lot of a lot of people but it, it's got an underlying uh hip-hop tone to it yeah for sure oh okay so so um when you get ready to release that or drop the first video definitely hit me up because i definitely want to get you on my appetizer and get that video in there. And we're definitely going to bring you back on to talk about this project because I know you're working hard on it. I know you're, you're trying to get this out. And you said eight tracks. Um, but yeah, this hip-hop saxophone, I mean, that we've had a hip-hop violinist. You know, we, we need this. We need this. And, you know, if you come out here, it's great stuff. So, man, love having you on. Love having this discussion with you because it's been, it's been a long time, man. It's been a super long time. It's, um, it's been too long and, and, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to be, uh, you know, back doing it. You know, you were actually the first, this is the first interview I've done in, in quite a while, you know, just because I've been behind the scenes working on the music, getting it right. And like, but now I'm getting closer to finish with the project and, uh, you're definitely top of the list as far as, you know, uh, people I want to interview with. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you, Sinister One. Like, you've always shown love, you know, and uh, you've been a big supporter of mine. And uh, I, I look forward to continuing this for sure. Well, well, I'm pretty sure a lot of your follows and stuff are going to go up because I actually have a ton of music artists tonight in the chat. I see Music Man, David John Kendrick, a.k.a. Music Man, um, rapper Infamous Ma from BBM, the third member of BBM. She's out here. Um, he's listening to the show. So don't be surprised if you get a, a, a bunch of people following you and all of a sudden in your inbox about you possibly coming with saxophone skills to Massachusetts. Cause to be honest, we really don't have that type of stuff here. Everybody is, everybody wants to rap or everybody wants to sing. We don't really see 
people doing that up here, you know, the saxophonist, it's tough to get a guitarist, you know, it's, it's so weird up here. So we would love to have you come through. And then maybe if we know ahead of time, maybe put something together, some type of, some type of show, a little something somewhere. And definitely going to do this. Uh, Felicia says she's definitely going to look them up. Uh, Jason Hemmons, guys, J-A-S-O-N-H-E-M-M-E-N-S. Follow him on Instagram. Uh, do you have a Twitter? Yes, it's at Jason Hemmons as well. Okay, all right. And he's also on Facebook, everybody, so check him out. Like I said, my man, I'm, I, I'm super envious of him because he just did that, that DeLorean show. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was, was, man. Uh, lots, lots of cool things are happening in in the works, you know. And and this saxophone project for me is is going to be, you know, a, a whole new um, a whole new venture, you know, a whole new opportunity. Getting into different festivals and stuff, you know. So I'm super excited to uh, kind of venture into um, some instrumental music. Nice, and you've got the you know, chance. I, I think, you know, on my first album, like, I, yeah, on my first album, you know, I, I had four instrumental songs on there, so it was kind of a little sample of of my saxophone there, but this next project, it's it's full-out saxophone. There's no vocals at all. Um, the saxophone is doing all the talking, so um, I'm super excited about it. I think a lot of people are really going to dig it, you know, but... um yeah, I, I look forward to coming back on the show once once I have that finished. You know, you're definitely top of the list. Send us to one, cool, so I man. appreciate cool. you. A lot of ladies in the chat, and I'm just going to warn him, warn him real quick. He's a martial artist, so when you go on that Instagram, you think you're going to be seeing him playing a lot of the saxophone pictures. He got them them no-shirt martial artist shirt pictures on Instagram, so all these ladies are going to they're gonna go on your site thinking they're going to see you on there with a, with a saxophone, and then they're going to see you on there doing your martial arts stuff with the shirt off. They're going to be, oh, oh, oh hold up. Hold up. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of what I post on there is lifestyle related to, you know, I, I ride I ride motorcycles. I have a lot of um, pictures and stuff on there, me riding motorcycles. But, um you know, martial arts is a huge part of what I do. And then the, the music stuff, you know, I've, I've just been quietly behind the scenes, like working on this project. But uh, don't worry, ladies, you're going to see a lot more saxophone <laughs> pictures like now that I'm, I'm kind of project. It's going to be tons of saxophone stuff. So don't worry about that. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank everybody in the chat. The show's not over yet. I got to get into the rest of my show, but we're going to take a quick break here, and then I'll be back with more booth after this. Hold tight, man. What? 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 Yeah. See, I ain't never been betrayed by an enemy. That shit is only ever come from them saying friend to me. They sold his black, so gonna fall on my backup energy. I feel the drain through all the pain, depletes in its entirety. Inspiracy and any thought of reconciling's blind to me. You, you, you were my people that I chose, you were my family. And didn't realize what you had. 
Let me talk to him, Check. Check. Listen. Is you living well? Scratch that. Is you living real? Tell me what your grind like. Do it pay the bills? Just overlooking the field or do you play for real? Cause look, I'm trying to build. I ain't got time to chill. It's going down. Avalanche hotter than the volume. I'm seasoned. Zatarans. They so in love with the cocoa. Put a star on they head, they tone Romo. Give them the glow, they some hurts for the hype. Not just lyrics that I write, put my soul through this mic. Like a breezeway, I blow through. Want it bad as you breathe, gotta go harder than. All right, your boys, this one broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching the booth. I gotta thank my man, Jason Hemmins, for coming on the show, holding it down. I actually put his Instagram link in the chat, but he does have a Twitter. He does have a Facebook, but I put the Instagram on there um, because that's what he, he told me to put out there. So I put it out there and uh, Facebook is out there. And again, Jason Hemmins, thank you for coming on the show. Felicia, what's going on? I see Felicia out here. Let me let me drop this for Felicia's daughter because um, <clears throat> she's a fan of the show. And um, I'm going to do this for Felicia's daughter. Here we go. Sit down. I actually had to bring her mother a shirt and her daughter was like, that's a sit down guy. <laughs> I believe Felicia did tell me a story that she said something that she said that to someone in school. I believe sit down. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you everybody in the chat holding it down. Um, let me get into the news booth here at 7.30. In the news booth, if you've been listening to the news, in Brockton, a 14-year-old boy was shot dead. And the woman, the mother, Julente, uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, Resende, I believe her last name was, um, she was shot. And another child was also injured. Um, this was at 2 in the morning. Um, she's 38. And 39. Looks like her and her boyfriend were having an argument. They're on and off again argument. And, you know, ladies, is I got a lot of ladies in the chat. And here's the thing, you know, they had a history, you know, the history. And this guy, history of abuse. And um, he, he, you know, neighbors and people are saying that he was screaming, look what you made me do. That's the type of shit that an abuser, look what you made me do. You then shot this girl, then you shoot another bullet and hit another child, and then you shoot it again, and it goes through, I believe it went through the wall and hit the hit the other child while he was sleeping in the bed and killed him. Look what you made me do. Now he's in court covering up his face with his shirt, not wanting to be seen. Sad. 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 I hope he gets his. Uh, also, in New York, in the news booth, about 17 kids ransacked this Chinese food restaurant in New York City. 17 kids ransacked a Chinese food restaurant in the Bronx. In the Bronx. No, Queens. A Chinese food restaurant, I believe it was in Queens. Look, <laughs> since one's going to tell you something right now. If you know any of these 17-year-old kids, you are damn lucky it's 2023 up in this P 
peace. Because I'll tell you something right now. When I was younger, I wasn't that good of a person. I did some stupid stuff as a kid, as a teenager. But I learned real quick. Real quick, I had four incidents when I was younger. Four that I remember distinctively when it involves people from the Chinese community that's gonna let you know Chinese people and businesses is not the one to mess with. So I don't know who these 17 kids are, but <laughs> first of all, Chinese people don't F with banks. Chinese people keep all their money in the house and Chinese people also associate real tight with members of that Chinese mafia, the Yakuza. Now I learned real quick not to mess around four. Now I told you four times, four times. I learned my lesson real quick that you don't mess around in a Chinese restaurant. When we were younger, we used to go to Chinatown late at night in Boston. Why? Because in Chinatown, you, you go to Chinatown and you ask for cold tea. At two, three in the morning, you go to movies, or you at the club, or you underage, you go into Boston, you ask for cold tea. Cold tea is beer. That's what you used to get when you was younger. You used to get beer. And guess what? We were in a certain restaurant one night, ordered our food. Food hadn't come yet. We was waiting, waiting. Food came. When the food came, a group of people came in. Cars had pulled up right up front where you're not supposed to pull up up front, but they came up. They came in. Oh, DJ Boom knows. DJ Boom knows about the cold tea. <laughs> when you was younger, you go right to Chinatown, cold tea. You all know what that was about. So we were in there, and I, I'm not going to say what restaurant we was in, but... uh. We got our food and they said, you gotta move, we gotta move you. We was like, move us. We ain't move. We ain't moving. We just got our food. You made us wait. <laughs> you know how it is. You're 17, 16, 17. You know how it is, under 21, but you think you own the world. You just got your license or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We, we ain't moving. We, we we weren't gonna move. It was me, well, eight of us. But you, know, you know how it was, it was like, it was like four of us were guys and it was like three girls. It was like, I think it was like five guys and three girls. You know how it is. You, you're trying to show off. And I remember distinctively when it was, cause it was after the Brockton fair. It was after the Brockton fair. And we decided to go into Boston because they get some cold tea. And, um, guy said, Hey, you all going to have to move. We need this table. We need this area. So, you know, we get kind of loud or whatever. And I remember distinctively, I remember this old black guy coming up to me. Saying, hey, if I was you, I'd, I'd get out of here and um, move the table. Because if you don't move, your parents ain't going to see you again. That Chinese mafia. That's all he said to us. Chinese mafia sits here. When they come, this is the way they sit. The black guy told us. And you know what? As soon as, he, as, soon as that black dude told me Chinese mafia, we got up. We got up. We moved. And they came in. They came in. He didn't even look at them. They took our table. They moved our food to a whole different area. That was that was number one. The second time I learned about messing with Chinese businesses, 
was when I was 21 working at the MBTA, we used to go to a strip club down in Chinatown. Last Slipper, I think it was, which was this well-known Chinese strip club owned by Chinese dudes. And many people have lost their lives outside that strip club. We went in there one night. I was like 21, 22 years old, working at the T, you know, making good money, not married, single, pockets always full of money. <laughs> I had a little stripper there that I liked. So I go there on Friday nights and there was always this little Chinese old dude, old dude, little old dude. He was always, you know, he'd be, he'd be tipping the two, tipping the two. One night I was in my feelings. You know what I'm saying? You know how you think you think you're going to go home with a stripper. So I went over there and I started giving the tens and fives. And um, the bartender, the girl comes over to me and she's like, um, she's like, hey, are you tipping this girl right here? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's that's his favorite. I want to find another stripper. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I'm like, this old man, blah, 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 blah. Again, Chinese mafia. <laughs> High ranking Chinese mafia to the point where this man was in the Boston Herald and Boston Globe high-ranking old dude Chinese mafia. And he wasn't, he wasn't dressed like, you know, like the movies show you the Yakuza. You know how they, they always have the finest clothes and all this stuff. This dude wasn't dressed like any Yakuza. This dude had like a button-down flannel type shirt type thing on, a pair of musty jeans, and some loafers, some white dingy-ass loafers at the strip club. If you, had, if you had told me this man was Yakuza, I'd have laughed in your face. The waitress told me that. I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. The third time that I learned you don't mess with Chinese people, the third time, right here in the city of Brockton, we had a Chinese food restaurant on Main Street. Well-known. Everybody went there. Everybody went there. They didn't card you. You go there and you get your um your Mai Tais and you get the Scorpion Bowls. When we were younger, that was you go there for Scorpion Bowls because they didn't they didn't card you. And when you're 19, 20 years old and you start drinking a Scorpion Bowl and think you're gonna drink, you get messed up. Well, one night we went there and we pulled a chewing screw. Was sons, yes, Felicia, was sons. We went in the was son one night. It was like ten of us. We pulled the chewing screw. That's just old Devin up above. Um, we pulled the chewing screw. They came out and chased us, chased us with butcher knives down Main Street. We was running. We was laughing, running, running down Main Street, laughing. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Ate that food. Left them, stiffed them with the bill. Oh, ho, ho. we laughed. Must have been about. 60, 70 bucks of food. Like, we, we killed it. Killed it. We laughed. We laughed. Now, <laughs> this, is a, this is a true story. That's, that's number three, because they were chasing us with butcher knives. Now, number four, the number four reason why I don't mess with Chinese people in Chinese restaurants and Chinese businesses, the number four is related to the number three reason. <laughs> Here I am 
way many, 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 many years down the line, just before Wasum was about to close, they announced that they was going to be closing. The area, that area was bought up and they were closing. Wasun was closing. So I went there on a date. <laughs> Your boy Sinister One. I went there on a date to Wasun. Thought I was the man. Had my date, had our drinks, had our food, had our nice little conversation. The dude come out. Know how they bring that little plastic thing out with the two fortune cookies in your bill? They put it down. I look down at the bill. The bill was 200 and something dollars. And I'm like, what? I'm like, nah, bro. I'm like, we didn't order all this food. This is. No, this isn't this. Your bill, the guy says to me. Nah, now nah, I'm on a date. Now, I had two things I could have did. I could have argued it and, and let the angry black man come out. Or just be humble and pay the bill. So I had to make a decision. Which way am I going to go? I'm on this date. I could, be the, I could bring the black man out or be humble and pay this bill. If they had a reason why I needed to pay this bill. So I said, um, I'm not paying this bill. Um, you need to get me a manager or something. So the guy goes, okay. Like, okay, I'll, I'll be back. So he left. Now my date is sitting there. She's looking at me. But I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know how they. And she was trying to figure it out. So this old dude comes out. This is a true story. This is a true effing story. Reason number four. This old dude come out. And says, you pay bill, you owe $72.90. $72.90. We had you on camera, remembered you. Camera, remember. These, this dude took my face, my picture. I was one of the people that they recognized from that time we chewed and screwed. And he had it, he had that bill. Swear to God, they had that tab hanging on the wall near the register waiting for the day one of us of our group would come back in so they could whack us for that bill. Now, I told a friend of mine who was Chinese about this, and he said, it don't surprise me. It don't surprise me. They remembered they had, look, they had the tab from that night that we ran out on was hanging at the register. They was waiting. And this, and I'm, I'm not talking like this is five or ten. This was many years later. Like I'm older. <laughs> I'm, I'm older. And they remembered. And they was like, no, you owe. You ran out. You ran out, you no pay. Years ago, long time ago, the guy said to me. I was like, whoa, I paid it. What, what could I do? What could I say? I paid it. I paid it because you know why? Because then my mind flashed back to that PTSD of running down Main Street with two Asian dudes chasing us with their aprons on with, with teriyaki stains on it and, 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 and meat cleavers. <laughs> Viana Marie said, prove it. I wasn't, I, look, look, I remember that night when they chased us. So when the dude said it was my bill, look, I wasn't arguing it because I'm like, man, 
damn, bro, they held on to it. And I was saying to myself, how many other people they do this to that did a chew and screw? Uh, Jacob Taggart says he's surprised he didn't put that bill in the fortune cookie. Jacob Taggart's from Brockton. He knows what, son. He knows what, son. <laughs> right, Felicia? You pay now. You eat all food. <laughs> Trust and believe me, he hit me with that bill, boy. I'm like, these dudes, and then, you know what? And I, had, and I ain't gonna lie. I had a little bit of respect for him. <laughs> I had a little bit of respect for because I'm like, damn, y'all held this tab for this long by the register up on the, and it. Was, and it wasn't just my bill. There was other bills up there. So they had to remember people. I was like, <laughs> Jacob said, I paid my bills. They crazy. <laughs> so these young whippersnappers who are 17, who trashed this Chinese restaurant in Queens, <laughs> Uh, I wish you luck. I wish you luck because if it's connected to the Yakuza or some people like that, you 17-year-old, 16-year-old teenagers, you might be 23, 24, 30, 40 years old, and you're going to catch what you just did this past weekend in New York. So those are my four true reasons why I don't mess with Chinese businesses. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Thank you, guys. I love you guys for tuning in. Um, Felicia said, I remember when they had a secret room in the back. Yep. 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 Let's get into the legal booth. 746, a career criminal here in Massachusetts, Sean Murphy's back in prison after fundraising for homeless vets, violating this, his parole. This guy is the biggest scumbags of scumbags in Massachusetts. This Sean Murphy. This is the guy. If he looks familiar to you, remember when the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? And remember when Balfour was in business and they had the contract to make the Super Bowl rings for the Super Bowls? And remember there was someone who broke into Balfour and stole the giant Super Bowl rings and everybody was laughing? But those of us who know sports stuff was like, nah, man, that's wrong. This was the guy. He did that. He was in jail serving his time. He was out on parole. You know what this scumbag did while he was out on parole? This scumbag got a secondhand Marine uniform which he wasn't supposed to have because of this crap that he did. He was setting up at supermarkets wearing his Marine stuff like he was a Marine and taking donations for homeless veterans. Yet he, when he was questioned about it, he says hundred percent goes, goes to homeless veterans. No, it wasn't. It was going to him. And the reason why he got caught is because he ain't a, he ain't a vet. So he was at a, a, a supermarket one day and another Marine noticed that stuff was out of whack. He didn't have things that should have been a certain way if he was truly a Marine and he was questioned on it. He ended up taking his stuff and walking out and then this Marine turned him in and he got caught. So he's going right back to jail, right back to jail. And you know something? No, you don't fucked up, Thompson. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you effed up. <laughs> also, even I, hold on, hold on. Even I make mistakes sometimes. I messed up. And here's what I did. Stop doing that. Stop. 
sometimes you try to get things out to people when you do a show. And um, last week, Sean Kemp was brought in, booked on a shooting drive-by charge. Sean Kemp. Everybody knows Sean Kemp. He's one of the best Seattle Supersonics players out there. Sean Kemp was brought in, booked on a shooting charge in a drive-by shooting. Everybody's tweeting about it. 24 hours later, <laughs> pump the brakes. Sean Kemp released, wasn't even involved in the shooting. He will face no charges. <laughs> the reason why I'm doing this is because when he got, when, when the first story came out, I was on it. I shared it. I, I tweeted it. I did everything about it. But I'm going to do my goodness. I'm going to do my good, admit my failure, my wrong, my failure. And then I'm going to let people know that Sean Kemp was cleared, no charges, released. Why? Because there's a lot of MFers out there who ain't even talking about the fact that the charges have been dropped and he's not even cleared about it. I saw people still talking about, oh, man, you hear about Sean Kemp? He's getting locked up. No, he didn't. He got released less than 24 hours afterwards. But I just want to let people know Sean Kemp was released. No charges will be filed. He is a free man. He didn't shoot nobody. He wasn't involved in the drive-by shooting. Simple as that. In the legal booth, Sony Chief. Jim Ryan's Sony chief, Jim Ryan has been caught. Why? Y'all know about the Microsoft Activision merger. When, when Microsoft Xbox was buying up all these companies going under during COVID, it was getting companies left and right. And one of the companies that they acquired was Activision, which makes all the call of duty games. Now call of duty isn't going nowhere. Microsoft already said it's going to be multi-platform yet. Activision was like, no, we don't want this. You guys are trying to monopolize the market, and blah, 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 blah. When, let's be real here. Sony, for the longest time, owned 80% of the gaming market. So for them to turn around and be worried about this is hypocritical. Well, here's the problem now. Sony chief Jim Ryan was caught. He said that... The only reason why he's making us think about this was because he was blocking the merger. Not worried about this. He's not about it. He's blocking. He wants to block the merger, even though he's been made considerable offers on the table from Microsoft. He's just trying. So that's, that's going to screw him over. Pissed. Pissed about that, man. Oh man. Oh man. Getting into the entertainment booth, Matt Damon and Casey Affleck are going to be doing a movie here in Boston. Filming for a week in the North End, Bova's Bakery. For those who know who Bova's Bakery is in the North End, they make them cannolis, son. And they're open 24 hours. So this is one of them spots that's like when you get out of the nightclub and you got that itching for something sweet, not food, but something sweet. You say, hey, let's go over to the North End. Let's go get some cannolis. You can go there two, three, four in the morning and get fresh cannolis, bakery goods, nice and hot out the oven. 24-7. Well, Bova's Bakery is closing for a week so they can film this movie. Now, somebody said, oh, man, that, that's a good business. Hold on, hold up. You 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 don't realize what's happening here. Ben of Casey Affleck and Matt Damon are essentially renting this place for one week. So, obviously, first of all, they're going to get whatever they would make in one week as a business. Number one, they're going to make that and then some. So, to be honest, they just hit the lottery. Because they're probably going to give them parts in this movie since they know how the place runs and how it, you know, it, it, it operates. So the, the, the people who own it, they're probably going to be in the movie, number one. <clears throat> number two, 
They're going to get reimbursed for that week that they're losing for being closed. And then they're going to be compensated for renting the place out for that week. Touching. Stop it. Stop it. Also, here in Boston, the Oscars was this week. Big ups to Ruth Carter. Back to back. First black woman to win two Oscars back to back for Black Panther. <coughs> when she did the costumes for Black Panther and I saw that trailer, I was like, she's getting an Oscar. On this show, she's getting an Oscar. When the trailer came out for Wakanda Forever, I said on this show, he's getting another Oscar. <laughs> Why? Because Ruth Carter has been waiting for these Oscars for a minute. Ruth Carter did Malcolm X, didn't win an Oscar. Um, she did, I forget what else she did. I want to say she, I think she did Selma and, and didn't get nothing that. So Ruth Carter from Boston, big ups to you, back to back. And it was a big night for Boston. Big night for Boston in the Oscars because uh, the movie of the year, best picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, Emerson College alumni, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneinhart, they were the ones who put this whole movie together. A majority of the people on this movie involved were from Boston. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis took home Best Actress, uh, Supporting Actress, and Best Actress was Michelle Yeoh, who I love. Michelle Yeoh is one of the most underrated Asian actresses out there. So to see Michelle take home a Bat Best Actress award, oh, man, come on now. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the Joy Luck Club. Come on, bro. Come on. She got a Disney movie that's coming out too. Oh, man. She's been in the game for a minute. For a minute. So big ups to her. Also, Brendan Fraser talked about this on the show when he got a standing ovation last year at the Cannes Film Festival when they showed this movie, The Whale. It was a six-minute standing ovation. It was right then there on the show. I said, you're going to get the Oscar. <clears throat> sure enough, he got the Oscar. Best actor. Almost had me crying. Brendan Fraser. This is, this is the guy who started his career out as Encino Man. I love it. I love it when guys graduate to becoming the echelon, the Tom Hanks. You know, these guys who come up doing stupid stuff and then they end up being the most revered actors out there uh brendan fraser you're not doing no more encino man type of stuff um you might do another mummy maybe um is he gonna go back to doom patrol if doom patrol comes back um even though i know they're ending them on hbo max but he had a great role in doom patrol so brendan fraser big ups to him best actor um, also in the entertainment booth, man, Jonathan Majors is about to play Dennis Rodman, 48 Hours in Vegas. This is a movie based on when Dennis Rodman took off from the Chicago Bulls during the championship series. Oh, no, it was the playoffs. It was before the championships. It was just before. It was the, it was the, it was the playoffs before they went to the championships. And Dennis Rodman went MIA for 48 hours. And he... um. I believe he supposedly eloped with Madonna and all that crap. Um, and then he came back and played his ass off. <laughs> um, Jonathan Majors is going to play Dennis Rodman. Now, if you all just seen Creed 3, Jonathan Majors' body is not Dennis Rodman. So it is going to be amazing to see this transformation of Jonathan Majors 
becoming Dennis Rodman. He's got to lose a ton of weight. He's got to he's got to he's got to get a basketball. He's got to go from this this jailhouse boxer body to this lanky, tall, slim Rodman body. Rob and Rodman was tough up top. Don't get me wrong. Rodman was bulked up top. Rodman had strength. That's why he pulled boards. That's why Rodman could beat you up on the boards. But um, crazy body transformation. Crazy, crazy, crazy body transformation. Also, John Berthendahl is returning to the Punisher in the new in the new Daredevil series. Called that one. That one we saw that coming a mile away. Daredevil born again has the Kingpin returning. Has Daredevil returning? Has Jessica returning? Jessica Jones. Um, the only one that's not confirmed to come back yet is is Luke Cage, uh, Mike Coulter, who's on Evil. And they already said the guy who plays Daniel Rand on Iron Fist. They already said he's a done deal. He's not coming back. I guess nobody. I guess nobody liked him. I guess he got. He was like. I guess he was a real D head behind the scenes. Um, the guy who played Daniel Rand. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, also, WWE WrestleMania is coming up, but if you guys watch NXT last Sunday night, I thought this was a work. I thought when Roxanne Perez collapsed after her match, I thought it was a work. I thought, oh, wow, I'm like, this is a good storyline. They're taking this storyline right from the NFL. But then um, this week, WWE released a story, an update, saying that she was released from the hospital. Um, so it looks like that this was real. This wasn't a, a work. Also, WrestleMania is coming up. Rey Mysterio was announced as the first inductee to the Hall of Fame. He's actually wrestling his son at WrestleMania. He he now now don't don't get on me right now. Say this is the one you're wrong. You're not wrestling. Blah blah blah. He was on Raw and he told his son he's not wrestling him. I know it. I know on Raw in Rhode Island on Monday night he told his son he's not fighting him. I know it. But come on now, we know it's gonna be Rey Mysterio <laughs> against his son Dominic. At WrestleMania, and, I, and I, already, I already have it kind of figured out because the WWE at WrestleMania has yet to pay their homage and their respect to the Lucha Libres, who are, are luchas are a big part of wrestling. And, I, and I'm just going to tell you guys right now, to be honest, the Lucha Libres were a big part of Nitro whooping WWE's ass back in the 90s. Those, they had they had a good talent roster in WCW when Nitro was going against Raw. But I always look forward to the Lucha Libre matches on WCW with Rey Mysterio and those guys. They carried a, a, a good half hour of that, of that WCW Nitro. Um, and Jacob Taggart, I know you was watching that stuff back in the day, Felicia. Um... I feel like they were they were a big part of that WCW success and WWE knew that because WWE luchas was more of a gimmick thing <coughs> in the WWE. It wasn't really serious. So um they realized that damn, okay, people are getting really excited for lucha matches in the WCW and that's when they brought people over and then the 619 and Rey Mysterio got his big name for himself in the WWE but he had already, already captured it for me when he was in WCW. But that's my thing. So I'm honored to see him go in the first week of April at WrestleMania Hall of Fame. And this right here, it ruins the storyline for you, to be honest. We already know what's going to happen now. We already know. This is, this, this is the passing of the torch to his son at WrestleMania. 
This is this is what this is. He's he's going into the Hall of Fame. He's going to retire. Question is is does he lose and give his son the mask, or does he win? See if he's passing the torch, and this is to build Dominic Mysterio's career as a wrestler. He's got a job. He's got a job to his son at WrestleMania. He has to. He has to. If this is all about <clears throat> taking his son to the next level and putting his son over, Rey Mysterio has to lose in some way at WrestleMania. Has to. Eddie is Dom's poppy. <laughs> My brother was saying the same thing, and he does. Dominic Mysterio does look like Eddie. Guerrero. He does. He the, the more he gets older, the more I'm like, wow, he looks like Eddie Guerrero. So mm, we'll see. Also, Gorilla Marketing is back. <laughs> Gorilla Marketing is back. Let me show you guys this. If you've been around Boston or if you're watching this show around the nation, if you're seeing this right here, if you're seeing this sign on polls around the country, need a car, date our son. Send serious inquiries. This is what you call guerrilla marketing. Now, guerrilla marketing went away years ago because um, there was a there was a, um, a a Cartoon Network show that did some guerrilla marketing and put they were putting these electronic devices around. And this was shortly after 9-11. Um, and they caught hell. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Aqua Teen Hunger Force had a movie coming out. And they had this guerrilla marketing where one of their characters, they were putting these little electronic things of one of their characters in all these weird places, around places. But this was right after 9-11. So people were calling impossible bomb threats. And what happened was, was that they had to come out and say, oh, no, this is guerrilla marketing promotion for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And this whole, it, it came to a stop. Came to stop. So it's glad to see guerrilla marketing is back. Um, this is all part of guerrilla marketing for this new film called No Hard Feelings. And um, take a good look at this picture. Need a car? Date our son. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to show you guys this brand new trailer. For, and it's a Red Band trailer. The two trailers I got for you tonight, the Red Band trailers. Here it is. Check it out. No Hard Feelings featuring Jennifer Lawrence. This generation's private lessons and my tutor. Finally, we have one of these movies. It's been years since we've had a movie like this. Here we go. No high feelings. Sony Pictures. Here you go. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. Court order for asset seizures. So they're taking my car? You went radio silent on me. Is that what this is about? Just last night, and I thought, I missed that fucker. Is that true? Buongiorno. That's my cousin. Gary, I swear to God, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my second cousin. There's something seriously wrong with you. I'm an Uber driver, and I don't have a car. I'm going to lose my house. You think I chose him? Look at this. Need a car, date our son this summer, and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange, we'll give you a Buick Regal. Date is in quotes. It's gotta be a joke, right? No, have you seen these helicopter parents? I'm surprised they're not gonna fuck them themselves. We've just been so worried about our son. He's going to Princeton in the fall. Oh, I've heard of it. You know, we tried everything to bring him out of his shell. He doesn't come out of his room, he doesn't talk to girls, he doesn't drink. So when you say date him, do you mean date him or date him? 
Yes. Date him. Date him hard. Okay. I'll date his brains out. He volunteers at the animal shelter. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. How about I give you a ride home? Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. What you got down there? Something for me? Grow up! This kid is unfuckable. Have a drink together. He'll have a Long Island iced tea. This is the worst iced tea I've ever had. Okay, one thing about me, I'm the baddest alive. Dance parties. I don't know what to do. I just know my mom would have wanted me to save the house. He's probably just nervous. Why don't you loosen him up? We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here! Jellyfish? Not this season! It's really the lack of lifeguards. Just get the fuck in here right now! Okay! I'm just a bit of a romantic. He's actually really sweet. The best part about getting older is not giving a fuck what people think. I'm an adult now. I can make my own decisions. That's that's good. You want to savor it. Savor it. Come on, you're getting out of here. You don't belong here. Don't Let's touch me. Get away from her. Stay. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> we should go. No hard feelings, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. <laughs> you want to just slap that kid upside his head, man. <laughs> so that's the no hard feelings rip band trailer. Also, another trailer for you guys real quick. The blackening is coming out in June. Polarity will ensue on June 19th, Juneteenth. <laughs> the blackening. This is a movie based on all, because you all know, whenever you have black people, they're the first to die in a horror movie. Well, what do you do when everybody's black in the whole movie? Who Who's going to die first? That's what this is kind of based on. I've made jokes about it on this show. Here's the trailer for The Blackening <laughs> from Lionsgate. Here we go. A cabin in the woods. Now let's get it all in perspective for all y'all enjoyment. Of you still a slave to the white man? Y'all gonna start calling my wife the white man, all right? Newness, here's the anthem. Put your hands up that you shoot with. Count your what we do on Juneteenth? Oh, hell no. Where are you going? Look for the fuse box. What kind of house is this? No, no thank you. The blackening? Whoa! Jim Crow Monopoly. That shit probably runs on racism. Pick a card and save Morgan. What do you mean save Morgan? <laughs> Refuse to play, and she dies. I think we have to play the game. In your predicament, the black character is always the first to die. I will spare your lives if you sacrifice the person you deem the blackest. The blackest? Nobody should judge anybody in here, bruh. You have two minutes to decide. Shanika, she say nigga the most. Nigga! 
See? Wait. Y'all can't pick me. I'm gay. Oh, Clifton. Yeah. That can prove I'm not the blackest. Prove it. I've never seen Friday. I voted for Trump. <gasps> what? What? Twice. That's exactly what she did. You could shut up. Made you look. Made you look. What? What? Black women gotta say to everyone else? Damn time! Oh, I made you look. Oh. Yo, stop playing. I got a gun. Damn. Ew. That's too DMX. What are you doing? <laughs> The Blackening, June 19th. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this. I'm going to be, oh, man, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Check it out. Uh, let's get into the sports booth. Free agency period <laughs> has begun in the NFL. Crazier than last year already. Uh, Jean-Lou Smith, tight end for the Patriots, gone. See ya. Atlanta Falcons, seventh round pick. I'll take that. Jean-Lou Smith was injured. For the two years that he was here, most of the time, he can't block. Hunter Henry played better than him. You gots to go. Bye-bye. Uh, NFL free agency also. Jonathan Jones. Mm, mm, mm. Two years, $20 million, $13 million signing bonus. He will be here next year. This man was at the top of the list. Cornerbacks in the NFL last year. He's the man. The man. The man. So he'll be back. Uh, thank you, Devin McCourty, who retired. Um, he's going into broadcasting, and he also is doing his humanitarian stuff. If you guys didn't know, um, Devin and Jason McCourty are responsible for going around the country and getting black men out of jail who have been jailed um, wrongly. Um, they recently just got a man here in Brockton, if I'm not mistaken. Not the one from New York. There was an, another man from Brockton that they had worked on and got him released from jail. Um, they had coerced witnesses and manipulated lineups and things of that sort. When you hear some of the things that they did back in the date so they could get a conviction, so somebody could get themselves a nice little cushy political job because they put so many people in jail, the stuff that you hear, oh, man, I don't want to even get Ken Diesel on the show to talk about that craziness and get that stuff going. But Devin McCourty, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your service. Also, uh, the Raiders have now signed Jacoby Myers, who was here. One of the best targets for Mac Jones last year. Jacoby Myers is going to the Raiders three years, $33 million. So he did get around his market value. So um, that's going to reunite him with Jimmy G, who we're going to talk about in a second. The Niners defensive tackle, Jason Hargrove, four years, $34 million contract. He's going to the Niners. Jason Ark to the Niners with Bosa and all them dudes. Oh, man. Also in free agency, Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders. Going to get reunited with Josh McDaniels. So you got 
Jimmy G going to the Raiders. You just got Jacoby Myers going to the Raiders. The Raiders might be something really good, and the Patriots actually played the Raiders again this year. Also in free agency, um, the rumors are abound that Aaron Rodgers will be headed to the Jets, but it hasn't been finalized yet. It's going to be a trade. The word is, is that there's two things going on right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers wants a list of wide receivers for the Jets to bring in, one of those being... Um, Odell Beckham Jr., who held a workout this week that the Patriots were actually at, which is might be the reason why they let Jacoby Myers walk. And if you're letting receivers go, Bill Belichick, let me let, let me just let me just whisper something in your ear. Let me just let me just whisper something in your ear right here. Receivers get rid of Justin Aguilar. XFL, 38,000 people showed up. St. Louis Battlehawks, football is back, 24-11. They won, and they sold out. They had the first XFL set out, sell out 38,000 in attendance. Guess what, people? Week five in the XFL, guess what's going down in St. Louis? After having 38,000, they have got the matchup of the week. The D.C. defenders are undefeated. They're heading to St. Louis, who they played two weeks ago and gave them their first loss. And that is also the game that made headlines because they had a big-ass brawl at the end of the game, and three players got ejected. So now St. Louis is sitting at home with 38,000 fans ready for D.C. defenders to come into the house for week five. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's about to get ugly in St. Louis. This will be the game to watch. If you haven't watched an XFL game yet, this is the game you're going to want to sit your ass down and watch. Also, this past weekend, NASCAR was in Phoenix. William Byron took home back-to-back wins. He won last week. I really didn't mention it because people were bashing the hell out of him, but I was proud of him because William Byron came up into NASCAR through... The game console sim circuit of racing. In other words, this is a kid who didn't, he didn't race go-karts and all that stuff. He didn't race the mini trucks. He started racing at the sim level on game consoles and PC. And then he decided when he got older, I want to try this racing thing out. And he was driving for Toyota for a little while. And then he got picked up by Hendrick Motorsports. Hendrick Motorsports put him in the seat, and two weeks in a row, this kid has outdrove some of the best drivers, and he's made moves at the end of the race, taking over last week. I think it was it was Harvick last week, and this week it was Larson. As you can see in the photo there, he was way ahead of the crowd, way ahead of the crowd. So all of a sudden now, because everybody last week was saying, oh, it's a fluke. He's a sim racer. It's a fluke. Now he's won the second week in a row, and now it's like, oh, okay, we we may need to start bringing sim racers in to drive our cars. NASCAR's on to something right now. Travis Pastrana, week one, Daytona 500, Travis Pastrana came in. He finished 11th, led two laps. This is a guy who's been in extreme sports, never raced a NASCAR race in his life. He comes in and does that. So he brought a whole group of extreme sport fans to the sport. And now you've got this kid sim racing. 
Oh, man. It's about to get ugly in NASCAR. All time. Biden bombshells. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, in the Biden bombshells, why did Silicon Valley Bank collapse? That's the big question. They're the second bank to collapse this year. Um, everybody is pointing fingers. Everybody's wondering what's going on. Um, this week, political also held their own opinions from different people. And this is what they had to say. Um, this is coming from political. Political says battle lines are already being drawn over what caused SVB's stunning demise. Demise. Uh, progressives and some investors are blaming the Federal Reserve because of the interest rates. You know, they're, they're raking up the heights and stuff. They're saying that led to it. Um, and that's put a burden on banks. Um, Democrats are saying that Trump's deregulation of the banks in 2018 led to this because he removed critical safeguards. Um, but other regulators are saying that they failed to spot red flags in the bank's investment portfolio and customer base. Most financial people out there, let's take all the political people out of this conversation. Most of the people who deal in finance, Wall Street finances and banks and all this stuff, they are 100% saying that had nothing to do with the rates. This had nothing to do with Trump. This had nothing to do with Biden. This financial people are saying this absolutely had to do with poor management, poor communication, and I forget the third thing that they said led to this because banks don't just fall overnight. But here's another one for you guys. There's another story that came out involving the Silicon Valley bank demise. There was a group of people who got on Twitter and what they're calling this is what the FDIC and what the DOJ is calling this. They're calling it a Twitter fueled bank run. So what they do is, is they go in and they go on social media and they get into these private groups and what they do is they stir the pot. And for me, I, I actually talked to my guys in the booth booth group about this. And, you know, I, in my opinion, I feel like these people are kind of like ter financial terrorists. Um, you, go in, you go into social media and then you stir shit up. Because the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because the DOJ is talking about some of these people are in the chats out on the Internet. And they're laughing about what they did. What happened was, was at SVB on Wednesday of last week. Wednesday of last week, <clears throat> a whole ton of people showed up and withdrew $48 billion from this bank. When that happens, guess what? You're negative. You're, you have no credit. You're done. And this is why one of the reasons why they crashed that major withdrawal. So part of this is being blamed on this group of people who stirred this stuff up on Twitter and social media and in some of these private groups. The DOJ says that there's going to be a full investigation. So I'm curious to see what's going to come out of this, because if you've got people who are stirring up craziness like this and having banks crash because they're manipulating investors. Oh, man, that's scary. That's scary stuff. So keep an eye on this, guys. A lot of people don't follow good stories. This Silicon Bank Valley story is, is something you really want to keep your eye on. Also, Lauren Boebert. You guys follow my Facebook page. There was a lot of conversation about this. Lauren Boebert announces she's a grandmother at 36. Her 17-year-old son got a young girl pregnant, 
And for me, I had thought that he could be charged with statutory rape because he's 17. She's she, and the word was that she's 15, but they held off until she was 16. Um, but Viana Marie was actually in that in my Facebook page and posted. And in Colorado, the statutory rape is only if there's four years of age or more. There they were two years within age, so there's no statutory rape. Plus, they're both minors, so you can't be charged. So it's more of a moral thing, and that's the thing that. That pisses me off is because Lauren Boebert, they talk about Democrats, they talk about all this crap back and forth, yet here you are, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. And somebody said, well, you know, she's her son is sticking by those values. Well, Lauren Boebert had a kid, real young, and yes, she's had this success and got her GED, and yes, she's had this success and has become a U.S. state rep, but guess what? At the end of the day, was she really happy that her 17-year-old son came into her and said, Mom, I got something? Do you think Lauren Boebert's people were happy to find out that her son knocked up a girl that was under underage in most people's eyes? I don't think so. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I don't think Lauren was as happy as the face she put on when they went public with the story. I don't think she was happy at all. I think she was pissed. I think as a mother, she was like, you've seen how hard I had to work. So why are you going to work just as hard? I'm pretty sure that came out of her mouth. The problem here is people is that Lauren Boebert got money. They got money. So her, her son isn't going to struggle. He isn't going to suffer raising this kid. They've got money. Unlike some of these other young kids who are thrust into parenthood at the age of 17 and 16. They don't have those resources. So that's the point that I'm trying to make. I know some people out there. Well, you know, this and that and this it's whatever. It's whatever. Linda, what's going on? I see you out there in the chat. She says, these clowns are destroying our country. The CEO, CFO sold majority of the stocks prior. They did. They did. It's all, and all these politicians are all involved in this inside trading. Democrats and Republicans. They're all involved with this. I've been calling this out since day one. Since day one, I've been calling it out. When MTG was talking about legalizing marijuana and she was complaining about Disney and then they released her stock report and Marjorie Taylor Greene has stock in three dispensaries and she has stock in Disney her and her husband hypocrites he's a this is elitist this this isn't about Republicans or Democrats this is elitist and they play a deadly dangerous game and yes you're right Linda a lot of these people were tipped off that this bank was going to crash and they sold their stocks off too you're exactly right. Exactly right. Um, also, 2024, I've said it. DeSantis is going to be that guy. I think DeSantis is going to get the nods from the Republican Dem from the Republican Party. Pence would, but you still have a group of people who are pissed about Pence not doing what he should have did. And here's the ugly, crazy thing. Trump's out there now because Pence spoke at a dinner and said that he was wrong for what he did on, on what was on January 6th. And Pence is going to announce he's going to run. He's he's testing the waters. Here's the problem: if you're Republican, they better figure it out. They better figure it out because if you go into this with Trump, Pence, and DeSantis, your party is split three ways. And if Trump is still around to make noise, it's going to be ugly noise. 
He's already talking crap about DeSantis everywhere he goes. And it's very it's the same way he talked about Biden and stuff and, and Kamala, but he's talking about DeSantis like that. And guess what? When he talks about DeSantis like that, he's pissing off DeSantis Republican supporters. When he starts talking about Pence, he's pissing off Republican Pence supporters. So Trump is he he's he's dangerous. He is dangerous to the Republican Party. And there's a lot of Republicans right now. So he showed up at CPAC. He showed up at CPAC this last weekend. And guess what? They said he he don't have the power that he does. A lot the only people who really showed up were those those MAGA crazies that showed up for his support. That the support is dwindling a lot. And as more people make themselves known that they're running in 2024, it's going to pull from that MAGA group. People are going to say, well, you know what? I agree with what Pence did in regards to January 6th. They're going to, they're going to support Pence. And then again, like I said, I, I DeSantis has a major, I, I think, I think right now, if, if you had to say, I think, I think, I think DeSantis has 60% of the Republican base. That's my opinion. I think he has 60% of the Republican base. I think what he's doing um, is building and adding to what, what the Republican party needs. The question is, is when will the Republicans come out and give him that nod? When will the RNC give him that nod? I, I think they want to, they won't do it until they know that Trump is dead in the water because they know if they announce this early, Trump's going to unleash holy hell on the Republican party. Holy hell on the Republican Party, which is why this whole January 6th insurrection type thing is really being pushed by the Republicans because they really want him in jail. So he can't run. A lot of people are saying, oh, the Democrats pushed this whole insurrection. No, no, the Republicans are pushing it because they want him out of the picture. They don't want him involved in this picture for 20 years. If the RNC has it their way, in my opinion, the RNC wants Pence and DeSantis to be the two front runners. And who's going to be their party leader? They don't want Trump. They didn't want Trump in the beginning. They didn't want Trump in the beginning. Trump was a Democrat. Trump was a was a Republican in De- was a Democrat in Republicans' clothing back in the day when he ran. They didn't even want him. Trump forced them to give him that nomination, that nod. So Linda says most Trumpers have left his claws. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You see, and you see Fox. Fox is a great, great Fox is probably the greatest example of MAGA supporters leaving MAGA. Fox. Tucker Carlson got exposed and Tucker Carlson don't care. He got exposed. Tucker Carlson's right there throwing them under the bus. All of these Fox people. Kellyanne Conway, she's getting a divorce from her husband, George, but she still had the time to come out and throw Trump under the bus. After Trump was unprofessional, you know, she's announced her divorce. You know, it's it's a hard time, and Trump makes a statement about her husband. Granted, yeah, they're getting a divorce, but who are you to come out and make the most horrible statements about somebody's husband as they go through? And, and, and next of all, like she said, I've got a daughter who everybody already knows suffers from mental issues of her and her mother. And Trump goes out and makes the comments he made on true social about their divorce. 
Come on now. Yeah, it's it's craziness. Crazy. It's 828. I got two minutes left. But it's it's craziness. Craziness. Um I think that's it. I think we're that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um gonna get ready to get out of here. Holding off this show. He said Fox backed him because of Bernie Maddox. Yeah, because Rupert Murdoch didn't want Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch hated Trump. He hated Trump. He he was the one that called it early when when it was when it was the election. He was the one that called it early. And everybody's like, whoa. And Fox because Rupert Murdoch can't stand Fox. So yeah, it's gonna get ugly. And like I said, they don't they they want him out of the picture. They want him out of the picture. Because if they have to give that nomination, either Pence or DeSantis, Trump's gonna burn it down. He's going to burn it down. Let me get into my outro banners here. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show, buying the beanies, holding on with us. Also, all the shows I produce, Maddie C Sports for you and me. Maddie, get well. Maddie C just had a knee surgery, so he's recuperating. Happy Hour with Lito. Oscar Mike Radio, the VA show that we did, premieres this week, so check it out on Thursday night. Um, also, this weekend, Mayor Robert Sullivan stated the city on March 16th. 6.30 p.m. at Brockton High School. If you want to be informed and know what's going on with the city of Brockton, you need to be here or you need to watch on YouTube. It's only one hour. One hour, State of the City, Mayor Robert Sullivan. Make sure you tune in. Everyone is invited. Um, and there's a lot of things he's got going on. I, I'm really interested to hear about this growth of the commuter rail between Brockton and the MBTA. It's coming. Also, um, my man, Mr. Melodic, is going to be performing on March 17th, 21 Plus, Fury Rage, album release party. Check it out at the Raven, 258 Pleasant Street in Worcester. Also, Booty Vortex will be performing at the 14th Annual Food Drive. That's going to be April 15th. I'm actually trying to get Perry Pellucci on the show to talk about this event. Sons of Italy, you're also going to make sure you bring some canned goods. Doors open at 7. Music is at 8 p.m. And... Boom Squad Radio, open mic night, Friday nights, VFWV at the VFW, 46 Bedford Street in Fall River. Also, as I talked about at the top of the show, Viana Marie uh, did a photo shoot. Kimberly Ann, empowerment photography for women. Reach out to her. Schedule your empowerment photo session. Uh, Viana Marie put a nice post up this week in regards to her photo shoot. Again, Kimberly Ann, empowerment photography. Also, Phenom Radio, check it out. Phenom Radio broadcasting 24-7. Thank you for showing the love. And uh, Yana Marie's record and songs are being profiled on that website, on their playlist across Spotify. And uh, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. That is going to be it. We're going to get out of here. There are goodbyes. It's 830. Um, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in the show, hanging out with us and supporting us. But, hey, do me a favor, SpongeBob. A favor, I'll be back next week. Take us home. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, meh. Maybe a little more down, down here.
Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, bitch, don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, and y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing, cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that bitch, like I'm my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's who is it, I come. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's who is it, I come.